Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. Well, God wants us to grow. That's quite obvious. And then we might ask the question, why haven't we grown? Now, if we are real children of God, born of God, and we haven't grown, it's because we haven't had the right diet. I don't blame people, and I'm not scolding you. I'm thoroughly convinced the ministry is to blame. I believe most people, 99 and 99 one hundredths out of 100, would rise to the level of the Word of God for them if they knew it. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth e. Hagan as he talks about growing up spiritually. When babies are born, they start off on milk. They couldn't eat meat. And God says that this sincere milk of the Word will cause us to grow. Yet there's some things Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and to the Hebrew church which are of interest to us. Let's notice from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And I, brethren, Paul says, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Then in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, the eleventh verse, of whom... We have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Or, now we might put it this way, some things are hard to get over to folks because they are dull of hearing. Twelfth verse, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now, the margin of the King James translation reads, has no experience in the word of righteousness. Well, we might ask, now, why has he no experience in the word of righteousness? For he is a babe. But strong meat, the 14th verse says, belongs to them that are of full age, or that is, mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, we can readily see, friends, that back there in the early church, they had the same problem then that we face now, that of growing. They were just like us. They should have been teachers, but they still needed to be taught. They couldn't be taught anything very deep, but still had to be taught the Word. Paul said, I fed you on milk, for you couldn't take the meat. The milk of the Word he's talking about here is the preaching and staying with the first principles of the doctrine of Christ that's given to us in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verses one and two. Paul calls that the milk of the word, not the strong meat. When you still have to be taught the first principles, you're still on milk. It seems to me that that's about all that we've done, and about all that we've had to do. But now, how are we going to grow up? Well, let's look back at that clause in Ephesians 4.13, which speaks about growing up in the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, receiving the knowledge, feeding upon God's Word until you gain a knowledge of the plan of God which He planned and sent the Lord Jesus to consummate, until you gain a knowledge of what you are in Christ and Christ in you, until you gain a knowledge of what He did for you in His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating at the right hand of the Father. 
until you gain a knowledge of what he's doing for you right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, where he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Until you gain a knowledge of your standing before the throne of God. Until you gain a knowledge of the fact that he defeated Satan and demons, and that all the forces of the rulers of the darkness of this world are dethroned powers, and that they can't rule over you. Now, when you do that, you're getting out beyond milk. But you know you can't preach that to some folks? You can't get too deep in there? To be honest with you, I know a lot of things I've never taught yet. Well, now, why not? Well, folks have to be ready for it. Paul said, in effect, there are some things I'd like to teach you, but you couldn't bear it. They couldn't take it. And I don't mean it as some far-fetched revelation. It's a pure, simple Reveal Word of God, but it's beyond where we've been. So we have to go slowly so folks can assimilate what we do give them. Well, God wants us to grow. That's quite obvious. And then we might ask the question, why haven't we grown? Now, if we are real children of God, born of God, and we haven't grown, it's because we haven't had the right diet. I don't blame people, and I'm not scolding you. I'm thoroughly convinced the ministry is to blame. I believe most people, 99 and 99 one-hundredths out of a hundred, would rise to the level of the Word of God for them if they knew it. But just because a man is one of the ministry gifts, that is, he may be an apostle or a missionary or sent one or a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, doesn't mean he's a full-grown Christian. It just means he has that calling upon his life. He still has to develop and grow himself. I know in the last church I pastored, during the winter months of 1947-48, I shut myself up in the church, sometimes for days at a time, with the Word of God, the Bible. I would kneel and read the Bible on my knees. I'd read for hours and for weeks. I'd read it for years, of course, but this time I took those two prayers that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1, 17-19, and Ephesians 3, 14-21. And I'd leave one of my Bibles open to that place there at Ephesians all week. And every time I'd come into the building, I'd get on my knees and say, Father, I'm praying these prayers for myself. If I had to make a call or something arose, when I'd come back, even though may, I may have already done it several times that day, I would pray these prayers for myself, that the eyes of my understanding, I'd put, Paul said you talking about the church at Ephesus, but I put me in mind, I'm praying it for me, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, and so on, right on through the prayer. Now, it didn't seem to do a bit of good for a while, but I just kept on praying them. Then after a while, I began to get revelation from the Word. Now, he couldn't have revealed the Word to me if I hadn't been feeding on it, it began to open up to me. Within a few days, 30 days or so, I learned more than I'd learned in the previous 13 or 14 years of my ministry put together. And I said to my wife, what in the world have I been preaching? My, 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 that little old stuff. I've been putting out wasn't even milk. It was just Blue John. Well, now some folks don't know what Blue John is, but uh, coming from north central Texas, Blue John, you know, it's just simply milk with the cream taken off of it. And so uh, instead of just feeding on the milk of God's Word, many people are not even getting real milk. They're just getting blue john. Well, now, this revelation, as I said, and, and this knowledge of the Word didn't come just because I prayed. That was just a part of it. I spent equal time, if not more time, with the Word as I did praying. Friends, you can't build a prayer life just praying alone. It has to be built upon God's Word. So when the Bible speaks about our becoming a perfect man 
or a mature man or full-grown man, the terminology knowledge of the Son of God is used here in Ephesians 4.13. It infers that it is this knowledge which will cause us to become full-grown and cause us to become mature Christians. We have failed to grow because of the lack of right teaching. God put teachers in the church. He set them in there, you know, in Ephesians 4.11 and in 1 Corinthians 12.28. Among other ministry gifts, he mentioned teachers. Now, there are some ways all of us could do some teaching. From the natural standpoint, we could tell people what we know, could teach them to some extent. But on the other hand, there are those that are specially called of God and anointed by the Spirit of God to teach. They're called to be a teacher, to stand in this office. It is a ministerial gift that God's placed in the church. Now, we know, of course, that the Holy Ghost is also to be our teacher. But after all, that is the Holy Ghost teaching us when he anoints men to teach. Some people get off on the idea that no one can tell me anything. I don't need to be taught. I've got the Holy Ghost. I know as much as anyone knows. But friends, that's ignorance. God's Word declares that he set teachers in the church to teach us. Much of our so-called teaching has been out of our minds and not out of our hearts. We've gained a general head knowledge, a mental knowledge of the Word, but never got the spiritual import of it. Through the years, what we've known as teaching so many times has been so cold and dead and not much to it that we almost turn up our nose at the mention of it. But friends, the anointing of the Spirit of God upon genuine teaching of the Word of God is alive. Well, I didn't know the difference myself one day. I used to be a preacher. I could preach Spurgeon's sermons as well as anyone. I could read them and preach them word for word. I learned to sermonize and studied homiletics and so on. I loved to preach with that old evangelistic fire and fervor. And once in a while, I, I crack down on it and do it yet. Well, I was pastor of a church many years ago, way back 1943, down in Texas. Now, I'd never been a teacher till then. I didn't like it. It, it was a custom in this church that I was pastor at that time that at the Sunday school hour on Sunday morning that to have an auditorium Bible class. It was made up of the older men and women. And uh, the pastor was supposed to teach it. That was their custom. Well, I didn't like to teach it. In fact, I wouldn't even look at the Sunday school quarterly all the week. I studied the Bible, prepared sermons, but I wouldn't even look into the lesson until Saturday night. I knew I could read it over 10 or 15 minutes and get up and tell it. Well, they all seemed to enjoy it, but I never was so glad of anything in all of my life as when that class period was over because I wanted to preach, you see, and not teach. But I remember at 3 o'clock one Thursday afternoon in the parsonage of this church, God gave me a teaching gift. I knew it on the inside of me. I knew it when it was born. I said out loud, I can teach now. I just knew it so much. I said, how'd you know it by an inward witness, by something on the inside of me? It, it was just as real as you'd drop a coin down, you know, in the telephone to make a call, and you hear that coin go down in there. I just felt something drop down inside of me. I knew what it was. I said, I can teach now. Well, to prove this, I started out in a most unlikely way. I didn't use any other main services where folks would come anyway. A ladies' prayer group met on Wednesday afternoons at the church, and I started teaching them, just seven or eight of them. Well, do you know what surprised me? I could stand there just as still and never move out of my tracks, never raise my hands, and the anointing would come on me greater than anything I'd ever sensed. Well, I began to teach those seven or eight ladies. They told their husbands and others, and in two or three weeks, 15 or 20 were coming. Some of the husbands took off from their jobs to come. Before you knew it, we had more people on Wednesday afternoon than on Wednesday night. Before you knew it, the church building was practically full on Wednesday afternoon. 
Now, that proved to me that people want to learn, and they want to know. Now, several years after I left that church, I ran into one of those ladies. She said, thank God, Brother Hagin, for those teaching sessions. That's all I've been living on for the past several years. If I hadn't gotten that, I'm sure I would never have made it. I'm still feeding on it. I've never heard any teaching since then. All we get is preaching. Well, friends, we need preaching, all right. But believers need teaching. People of God need teaching. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life, so visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's special offer. This package consists of the book by Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, Growing Up Spiritually, and the two-CD set by Ken Hagan entitled, Our Rights in Christ. These great resources are at the special price of $15.95. That's $10 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Well... If you are interested in knowing more about the Bible or if you want to know perhaps what your destiny is in life or just if you're called to the ministry, we have something here for you, Rama Bible Training College. Yep. And we are now enrolling for the fall semester. And so you can go to rbtc.org slash trendsetters and you can find out all, all the about information. Rama. In fact, That's I right. think you can, you can actually fill out a... a, a uh, what do you call an it? An application. Yeah, that's what yes, you call it. That's an application. What it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes. Call 1 888 Faith 99. That's toll free. 1 888 Faith 99. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on growing up spiritually. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.